0: One thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. What? When? why are we waiting wait, for? Wait. Take us? <laughs>
1: Hello,
2: everybody. Welcome to the Tim Gaither Podcast, episode 78. My guest today is going to be Neil Erisman. Neil is the newest head coach in Division One wrestling. He is the head coach of the uh, University of Arkansas at Little Rock, located in Little Rock, Arkansas. And uh, as many of you guys know, I'm a big wrestling fan. And in the uh, coming episodes, I'm going to have uh, not only comedians, but uh, wrestlers and... Uh, MMA fighters sometimes, and uh, yeah, it's going to be cool. I'm excited to have him today, so uh, getting ready to call him here. And thanks for listening. As always, uh, when we're done here, check out MakingItHappen.com, M A C A N, it com. help out little bow making, and all my social media links are at Tim Comedy.com. So without further ado, let's call Neil, and uh, thanks for listening. God bless all of you. Bye. Hi there, Coach Erisman.
3: What's going on? Okay,
2: How are you, buddy? Do I say your name right, Erisman? Yeah, that's good. Okay, cool. How are you today? How's the weather there in Little Rock?
3: Oh, I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, it's kind of cold. It's like probably about
2: 40, 45 degrees. So. It's raining today in California. It's raining today in California, which never freaking happens. <laughs> well, I'm sure you guys could use it then. Oh, dude. Uh, the only thing we we'll worry about is mudslides and all that, but. Uh, yeah, so uh hello everybody that's on that's listening to the Tim Gaither Podcast. It's not live obviously, but uh today my guest is Coach Hi. Neil Arisman, the uh first uh head coach at the University of Arkansas at Little Rock of uh Division One Wrestling. Are there even any other colleges in any other division in, in Arkansas that wrestle?
3: Yeah, we have uh I think five or six others. We have JUCO, NAIA. Uh, division two and Division three. I think there's a couple of JUCOs, so I, th- I think there's five other ones.
2: How uh, how cool is it that that you're the first division coach in in the state's history?
3: Well, I mean it's it's pretty incredible. Uh, I I think it's beyond cool. I think it's I think it's the honor. I think it's something that there's only seventy seven or seventy eight head coaches now. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've had a couple programs in the last few years, but, you know, not only am I the first, but we're starting from scratch. So, most programs that are new, they, they come from a different division um, or they get brought back because they get dropped. Um, but, you know, for me to be in a state that in the last 10 to 12 years, they just started wrestling and um, it's grown at the high school level to, uh, you know, almost – I think eighty or, or, or eighty-five high schools and five college programs in the last twelve years. I mean, you know, this is—we're still in the infancy in Arkansas in wrestling
2: as a whole. So, to me, it's like being on the ground floor—something really special. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. If I was thinking about it this morning, when I was a kid, every now and again, you know, because I grew up in Kansas, but I was born in Arkansas and I lived there till I was about five. And the reason that we never moved back is because they never ha they didn't have wrestling and it was such a big part of our lives that we that's part of why we never moved back so if this would have happened twenty five years ago maybe i would have uh i don't know but uh we'll it, first. yeah and and you're a you're a young guy is what are you are thirty one thirty two yeah thirty one okay is that relatively young for a uh, for any head coach in wrestling, or is that pretty common? Or um,
3: Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm actually the youngest head coach in Division One for wrestling. Um, my buddy who I worked for at North Carolina, Colton Scott, um, was previously the youngest before that, and I think he was, oh, 29, maybe, when he got the head job, mm-hmm. so, you, you know, you don't see this a whole lot, you usually see some, you know, mainly older coaches, but um, it's becoming more and more common
2: lately. Have you always uh, had a knack for, like, uh, for coaching? I mean, for lack of a better way to say it. Because I saw that on your resume, you stepped into that, uh, you know, and I imagine they may have had a good team when you got there. But the the one year that you were there, they won the uh, Oklahoma 6A State Championship. Is that what I read? Yeah,
3: yeah. So we were, I mean, we were pretty dang good. And then, um, you know they had five uh, Fargo All-Americans, which for people who don't know wrestling, that's uh, that's kind of like the elite tournament that, that high school kids can can compete in. It's basically their you know the pinnacle of their season after high school season. They go compete at nationals. Um, we have five uh, returning All-Americans from that just from um, the year before, and then we had. Um, five kids move in that were also national champs and state champs so um you know we went from probably being about top 20 in the country to top 10 pretty quick yeah and uh man that was fun that was probably one of the most fun years I've ever had
2: yeah I mean and to do it so quick like that I mean and to go back to my first part of that question, are, are, do you, have you just always had like an automatic rapport with young guys or as far as, you know, mentoring and that kind of thing, or how would you, what would you say um, your, your best like I, attribute
3: okay, I've, I've always gotten along with kids and I've always gotten along with, with, with high school kids. Um, just, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, since when, when I was in high school, I used to work with with a local kids club and I I actually did like some private lessons with some people I knew. Um, and you know, my dad coached all my teams growing up and my dad was just an unbelievable motivator. Um, didn't know a lot about the sport, but knew a lot about how to connect and reach kids. Um, you know, there's not one kid on his team that didn't have a nickname specific to them and, um, he couldn't get to, To to run through a wall for him. And so I, you know, I'll say that I probably, it was probably a learned type of experience where where I saw it happen and I saw my dad do it. So um, I think it was just natural because wrestling was like, it was like I got up, I went to school and I wrestled and uh, repeat, you know, until Sunday and then I went to church. (laughs) And so that, you know, wrestling has always been a part of what I've done. And I guess you combine wrestling and, and growing up, my dad just coached everything we did. Um, I guess it just kind of came
2: natural. Yeah. What, uh, what do you, what, what do you look for? I mean, besides like accolades when you're recruiting somebody, what do you look for as far as uh, a kid that you think will be uh, good at the college level? Because I I wrestled two years in college and was, was good in high school. Um, it's a different level, but I I sure didn't wrestle division one. Uh, what do you look for, uh, um, so I know how hard it is. is what I'm trying to say, but what, what do you look for specifically as far as somebody who think could could do be successful at the next level? Yeah, I mean that's 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 the question. And and if, if anyone figures that out to a T, let me know. <laughs> We're
3: on a roll. But uh, it, you know, to me, it, it's about recruiting to the things that you value. Um, you know, which is high character. Uh, you know, kids that that are wrestling for something bigger than themselves they're not just you know i mean you want wrestling to be you know what they what their passion is and what and and what they want but you know you want them to stand for something bigger than just winning matches because this sport's too tough yeah and uh when things get hard kids will kids will crumble if they don't have a foundation that they live on um you know i look for for good attitude um um positive attitude lots of effort and hustle when they wrestle um scoring a lot of points uh it, you know in wrestling it's so hard and especially when you get to the collegiate level it, you know if you can not if you're not scoring a lot of points at the high school level you're probably going to struggle um to score points at the college level because it's that much harder to to mm-hmm achieve those points you know so I look for someone with good attitude good effort good hustle scoring a lot of points um who has pretty good knowledge of of the sport um who has really shown that they can make it academically um you know that that they've had a good background and um that that they're fighters you know I want someone that, that has a little chip on their shoulder um you know because they have a little pride in who they are um and that wants to come out swinging
2: and, and and be a gunslinger yeah and and a lot of guys don't mature and uh, you know until later on so it seems like when i was in college I, I noticed a lot of guys um who they would come into college and be two or three time state champs and they were not used to getting beat and and they you know Sometimes you couldn't score. I mean, there were guys on my college team that I was 30 and zero my senior year. And there were guys on my, on my junior college team that I couldn't score a point on. There was a guy, Benji Doucette. His son is going to go to o- Oklahoma State next year or in the next couple years. I'm not sure how old yeah. he is. Yeah, he was on my college team. And I, could, I felt like a child wrestling that dude. I was just like, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, I, I would shoot on him and he had these lead hips. And I'm just like, man, this is just, this sucks.
3: Yeah, I I think that's where, I mean, honestly, I think that's where a lot of these kids' character and their attitude comes in, because it it, it is, uh, I mean... I wrestled Oklahoma State and I wrestled Johnny Hendricks just about every single day, and I didn't get a takedown on him until January, and I was super pumped and 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 I called my dad and I was like, I, you know, I took down Johnny, and he was like, uh, It's January. What do you mean you just took down Johnny? Yeah. Um, so I I don't think people appreciate how hard it is. Yeah. And or you know or they even know what it takes to even get a takedown in, in, in wrestling at the college level. So well um, definitely feel you on that one.
2: Yeah, like I made friends with a guy out here who coaches uh he coaches Poway wrestling in San Diego, Poway Elite, his name's John Myers, and he was telling me that he wrestled Carrie Collat at like the Big Ten tournament his senior year or something. And he got pinned in the second period. And uh and he goes, It was zero zero though, going into the second period and I was like, dude, do you realize how many people can say they wrestled Cary Colat for three minutes and didn't get taken down? I was like, yeah, you got pinned in the second period, but you wrestled carry Colat for three minutes without getting taken down. Like, to, to normal people, that is a huge deal. And he's like, yeah, but I got, you know, to him, he didn't care. But <laughs> to me, I'm like, dude, no, I, you're a freak that he didn't take you down.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely know the feeling. I have my own.
2: Type story. Yeah. Um, so I, I wanted to ask this question. Um, in your experience with with guys that you've seen coming into the college, uh, coming into college that have had a lot of success in high school, would you say on average, or I don't even know if you can answer this question, but uh, are guys who end up having success in college are they the ones who were two, three, four time state champs in high school, or were they the guys who may have won one state title or? Just placed every year, and were just tough as nails, and they needed somebody to teach them technique. And and they, you know, a lot of guys peak. A lot of guys are only good for three state titles, and they get to college, and they that's not, you know, it's not on their radar. They're <laughs> they're not they peaked already. Um, would you say that if you could answer that question, um, that one has more success than the other, or is that even answerable? Uh, I think it is answerable. Um, I think that. The answer is to say you're going to see a good
3: mix of both uh-huh. um, you know but there are statistics out there to show that you know kids that are competing and, and winning certain tournaments uh for instance take so since they brought the world championships back for the cadet junior level which is cadet is 14 to 17 and juniors like 17 to 21 mm-hmm. um Championships at that level i mean last year in the finals the numbers were like it was like 95 percent of all 20 wrestlers in the finals made that team and out of the champions there was like seven out of the 10 champions that won a world medal
0: yeah
3: um so there's some correlation to these kids winning the high level tournaments mm-hmm. and Even as a true freshman, um, those are kind of the kids that you're seeing. Um, Now, you get down into the All-Americans and not just national finalists. Okay. Um, there's definitely some there's definitely some correlation to winning, um, and and winning certain tournaments. I don't it doesn't really correlate to high school state championships because that's so relative to your state and yeah. the competition you have. So
2: yeah, because um, you see guys in Division One all the time. I mean, they'll be talking and they'll be like, "Yeah, so and so he was a four time state champ and wherever," and you're like, "Well, gosh, he's ten and twelve now." I mean, it it it. it, it <laughs> It would be hard to, to, to I, I you know, I mean, I can't imagine being a four-timer and, you know, I imagine having a really crazy record and, and then getting to college and being like, eh, I'm 10 and 12, I'm a senior. You know, like, I mean, it would just be mentally tough. Like, I tell people all the time, like, even if you don't start and you just make it through four years of Division one you're a stud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think you see it a
3: lot, though. You know, you see a lot of these kids, especially the ones that, Kind of mature early and just horse everybody around. Yeah, um, you know they'll get to the next level, and a grown man's not going to let you horse them around. Yeah. So it, it, you see a lot of these kids get frustrated, and and I think it goes back to what I was talking about earlier. It's a lot about their attitude and their character, who they are, because you know in my recruiting class at Oklahoma State, um, we had 14 kids coming in with we the number one class in the country, and you know I had I was surrounded by. It. Uh, all-Americans, I was surrounded by four or five guys that were number one in their weight class. Um, I won one state title, took second a lot and, uh, you know, I've I've won and placed at the highest, you know, the best tournaments in the country, but um, out of those 14, I was the only one to make it and, you know, the rest of them quit. You're talking about kids that were you know, on paper, probably guaranteed to be all-Americans and national champions and had only lost maybe one or two matches in high school and you know they didn't
1: you
2: know half of them didn't make it you know out of the first semester and a half so yeah i mean if that shows you a little bit no i told my nephew who uh wrestled the same juco i did um you know when i was in high school i never thought about grades being important i just thought being eligible was important which is why i ended up going to junior college (laughs) but um uh i lost the heck i was gonna say um gosh dang it what were we talking about? I'm getting Alzheimer's right. Uh, yeah, how about academics being important? Oh, I told my nephew. Uh, he he said he was talking about how hard it was, and I was like, well, if it's any consolation, half those guys that you can't beat right now, they're not going to be there after semester. And they weren't. <laughs> yeah. He, he was like the starting kid, and I was like, I told you, man. This That's just how it is. A lot of those guys can really scrap, but when it comes to the athletic part of it or the academic part of it – um." you know, it's just not going to happen. And it sounds like you had a, 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 you know, obviously your dad being a coach and everything, he probably emphasized that from a young age. And uh, I, I noticed that you were 150 wins and five losses in high school, which is a phenomenal record. Uh, but you didn't win it until your senior year, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I, you
3: know, I, I lost in the semifinals once, and I lost in the finals twice. Um You know, I I was that kid that um, I transitioned from, you know, when I I was a kid, I I, I mean, basically, I won everything.
0: Mm -hmm. Like,
3: I very rarely lost, and when I got to high school, I was undefeated all the way to the finals of my freshman year. Um, You know, I just, uh, I, I kind of forgot what it was like to, you know, I went from one training situation where you're at a club and you're traveling um, a couple hours, you know, every night to get good partners, um, to being at a high school where I had some, some pretty good kids on my team, but, you know, they weren't necessarily as serious as I was, or, um, you know, they didn't, you know, it, it, it that passion wasn't there. So, um, it took me a while to figure out how to train to get to where I wanted to be, uh, without having someone who could beat me all the time. And right. so that was a, You know, high school was probably the toughest transition for me was because I went from always finding partners and having partners that could beat me um, or could wrestle with me to not having anybody and not realizing how hard I had to train, how extra or how much extra I had to do to keep myself on pace with what I wanted. So, uh, you know, I'll say high school was a hard transition for me.
2: Yeah. Did, uh, so you, you wrestled a lot of freestyle then too because to even get recruited by Oklahoma State uh, being a Kansas kid you do you have to wrestle freestyle? I mean or do they look at kids I, from, from Kansas without having freestyle background or Well
3: I got noticed um, during the national duels and national duels are you represent your state wrestling freestyle against other states. okay. Um, we wrestling Illinois which is a traditional powerhouse. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they, I, I was wrestling the number one kid in the country, and we wrestled him in early in the pool rounds, and I beat him, and I beat him pretty handily. Um, and then we wrestled him for third and fourth, and I beat him pretty handily again, and that's when Coach Smith walked up to me and, uh, and and offered me a scholarship on the spot. Wow. To answer your question, yes, because, you know, wrestling freestyle, I won cadet, um, which was my age group for nationals at Fargo. And um, it really put me on the radar, put me on the map. Um, And so I believe freestyle is is a big significance, and it's
2: definitely something that I look at when I'm recruiting too. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine so. Um, So Coach Smith came up and offered you a a scholarship right there. Yeah, it was
3: pretty cool. So how the story went down was I was wrestling the kid the first time that I just told you about. Uh Um, He was number one in the country. My dad saw Coach Smith standing on the rail, and my dad walked up and just kind of leaned, you know, and was. And I think we were up next, and my dad said, Hey, Coach, you might want to watch this match. And uh, Coach said something like, Hey, well, this kid's pretty good from Illinois. You know, he's number one in the country. I, I you know, I don't, I don't think it'd be that good. My dad goes, Okay, we'll just watch. And I go out there and I just throttle him. And he looks at my dad and goes, Who is that kid? He goes, Well, that's my son. He goes, well, no wonder you wanted me to watch it. <laughs> so that, you know, from that moment, like, I I, I think Coach believed
1: in me, and, I, and
2: that's what really sold me. Well, oh, that's awesome. Uh, did you know that he was watching?
3: I had no idea. That,
2: that, that's it. the best way to do it. Man, I, I can't stand when I know some... Like, the show that you came to with uh, John Morrison, I... I um was so glad that I like because I had family there too and I had forgotten that you guys were coming and I'm glad because when I know someone's in the crowd like I can still do my job but that's all I think about like if there's somebody I respect like the next night my friend Timor Terry came who was a three-time division one all-american at Nebraska and for some reason (laughs) I care more about what wrestlers think than I do (laughs) (laughs) anything else they come to my Reese Humphrey came to one of my shows in Vegas and uh I was telling my buddy backstage, I was like, man, I'm all nervous, there's a world team member out there, blah, 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 and he goes, my, my buddy Justin goes, well, can he do what you do? And I was like, well, no, and he was like, well, then get out there and do what you, <laughs> you know, it's so stupid, the 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 mental <laughs> games that yeah, I, I, I mean, play, personally. Well, first off, your show was awesome, we had a blast, oh, well, thanks. I, I love going to comedy clubs, I haven't been in forever, but I, I love doing that, and and. Second, I mean, you got to
3: contribute you being able to get up there and do that a little bit to wrestling because you're used to being up there by yourself in the spotlight. So,
2: Dude, it is – At least that, that's how I look at it. it. It is so similar, and if it wasn't for wrestling, I, I doubt I could do it because I've been doing it 20 years now, 18 for a living, and I still get fairly nervous sometimes. Um, and if it wasn't for wrestling, like teaching me like how to just breathe and deal with nerves and all that stuff – Because it's very similar. I feel the same way, you know, before matches, or excuse me, before uh, shows that I did before uh, uh, wrestling matches. So, yeah, I started when I was seven, and I was the kind of kid that would get so nervous about even going to school that I wasn't, I think I was all the way up until high school that the first couple days I would throw up or get pretty close to it just to go to school. So, (laughs) the fact that I do this for a living is kind of crazy. Um, It's kind of ironic. Yeah. But it, it's awesome too, you know, it's raining here, I'm sitting in my office, I'm talking to the uh, first Division One coach ever in Arkansas, and uh, it's freaking cool. And uh, it, yeah, if it wasn't for wrestling, I, I don't know where my uh, life would be, but it, it probably wouldn't be good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I wanted to get back to, uh, uh, there's so much stuff I want to talk to you about. Um, I wanted to ask you about Tony Ramos and Coleman Scott. Uh, I'll do that in a minute because we were, okay. we were starting to talk about Oklahoma State. And, uh, so that's the class you were in. You were wrestling, uh, Johnny Hendricks was on your team. You were a 57 yeah, or? He, yeah, I
3: was a 57. He was a senior when I was a freshman. Okay. They just won, when I got there, they just won their fourth national title in a row.
2: Okay. Awesome. Um, and, uh. What what is if if you could describe Coach John Smith? John Smith, uh, for the people who are listening, is uh, the Michael Jordan of our sport. He's a six time world champion. Um, who knows how many he could have won? He retired at what twenty seven?
3: Um, yeah,
2: he, he might have been twenty seven or twenty eight. Yeah, yep, right around then. So he's 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 the best guy. Um, <clears throat> He he's he's the greatest of all time in our in our country at least to this point no one has uh, has has been able to do what he did and what if you could describe him in one uh, you know how would you describe Coach Smith?
3: Um, I would describe him as as intense as a little bit goofy you know he 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 likes to have a little bit of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an unbelievable wrestling mind. He can look at technique and he can look at a person and read their body language and, and, and the way they're wrestling through positions and um, just break it down for the most, at the most simple level. Um, so, you know, I would describe him as intense. He's like funny, goofy and he's just he's incredible. Like, he, 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 it's hard to match a guy like that in his wrestling knowledge.
2: Yeah, he seems, uh, <clears throat> and, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but he seems very, uh, you wouldn't, he it, it doesn't seem like he's the kind of guy you would go to with an excuse. He seems like he would be like, yeah, well, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah, how are you, you know, going to fix it? Excuses really, um, you go to him with excuses and you come back out
3: with a whole different perspective, I'll put it <laughs> that way. Um, that, that's not really something you go to him with.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I had a, I had a high school coach like that. I mean, and, and when it gets down to it, other than like death or a few extenuating circumstances, there's always a, and what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like as far as no matter what you're dealing with, when you, when you break it down, you're like, okay, well, how are you going to fix it? That's, that's the only way you can really look at it. And that's what he taught me above anything else. You know, he'd be like. You know, you just realize, like, there's very few things that you can't work through or, or find a solution to, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I
3: think he gives you confidence that way because there's never, like, something that can't be conquered. Because yeah. he did what no one else had done. Um, you know, and then he, I mean, his whole attitude about every situation is all right, well, what are we going to do about it? Yeah. I mean, it's just what you said. I mean, it's that's who he is. There's not, there's never the thought in his head that he can't do that, or that you can't accomplish that, and I and I think that's why people like wrestling for him, and that's why people end up doing things they're not supposed to do because he first believes in that.
2: How how uh, how good do you think John Smith would do right now against like the top guys in our country, just in like a three four minute match?
3: Oh, three or four minutes? I mean. You'd be surprised he might not lose i mean he's <laughs> he's a competitor it doesn't matter his age or 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 his stamina or whatever you want to say um it's his mindset, and when he steps on the line, he knows he's gonna win, and you know now it, it might be different if you put you know if you're out there for, for seven, ten minutes or, or whatever, but I, I, I just don't see him losing. I just don't see him. It just doesn't seem
2: possible to me. Yeah, well, the reason I ask is because I saw this flow thing where they were talking about, uh, I can't remember the guy's name now, but they were talk- it was a guy that won uh, Nationals for Oklahoma State in uh, like 167 or something. He was talking about how Pat Smith was in the room beating up on Mark, and and then John started rolling out his ankles and, you know, how great Pat Smith is. And and John started rolling out his ankles and stretching and then went and, and kind of put it on Pat. And they were talking about, like, how deep does that rabbit hole go? Like, just how good is that guy? You know? I mean, because just yeah. t- – and I wish I remembered his name now. Um, but to hear him I was, talk I think about – it was Mark
0: Munoz.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was Munoz. He was talking about it. He was like, you know, and, and Pat Smith was – one of the best ever and he had probably 20 pounds on him and, and he said john handled him and and you yeah. just you just wonder he just like man it's so cool to think about i love thinking about that stuff like how would colat or uh or brands or john smith do against those guys right now you know i, I just I, I don't know I'm kind of a nerd that way i, I wouldn't <laughs> bet against him i promise you that yeah um and, and you know what else i the-
3: actually have i actually have pat down here he's uh a- he lives right down the road. He he has a club, and um, he's going to be helping me out here um, come next season. So.
2: And he he was huge in bringing there. Arkansas, wrestling to Arkansas, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, he's been here for, I mean, he was here and brought here at the inception of wrestling here in Arkansas. So, um, you know, he's been here since day one when wrestling wasn't around, and I've been a part of building it up.
2: You, you know what else I like about all the Smiths is that, None of them look like – they their, their physical attributes aren't, like, like stand out. Like, wow, that guy looks like a freaking a, a badass, like as good as he is, you know. None of them look like – you know, but then when you put your hands on him, like, at, at the NCAA tournament a couple years ago, I met John Smith, and I shook his hand, and I put my hand on his shoulder, and I was like, man, this dude is still a rock. Like, he always wears, like, these baggy clothes, so you don't realize, like – yeah, he looks like he's, you know, whatever. And you put your hands on him, you're like, man, this dude could still wrestle tomorrow. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're very unassuming. You wouldn't walk up on him and be like, oh, that's a six-time world champ, two-time Olympic champ. Yeah. TA you think they're just some regular old guy on the street.
2: Yeah, you know, he looks kind of small and everything, and then, you know, but that those looks are deceiving. I think I think Penn State has the same deal. Like, those singlets... Something about that white thing around their waist and all that. They don't look like all that much, but those guys are just killing everybody. Oh, by the way, I want there's so much stuff I want to talk to you about. What did you think about the debacle yesterday? Dayton Fix and Nick Siriano wrestled number, uh, I think they're ranked two and three in the country right now. or Anyway, they're two of the top guys in the weight class, no matter what they're ranked right now. And they wrestled yesterday, and it was... Uh, uh, it ended up being like a 32 minute match because of all the breaks and all that. Did you get a chance to watch it?
3: You know, I I, I was driving and I got home right after the match ended, but I went back to, to kind of review it a little bit. And it's just, you know, it's unfortunate that the match ended that way, but, um, you know, it comes down to the rules yeah. and whether we agree with them or not, um, whether we think certain rules are stupid or not, they're still the rules. Right. And, um, you know, those calls are never going to be easy because if you don't call it, they're going to be saying, well, what about this? You know, it could have been this. Um, so I think it was kind of, a, you know, given all the challenges and all the different calls and reviews and this and that, it was kind of a lose-lose situation because, uh, you know, we built this matchup to be something that was, I mean, the reality is neither one of them have, oh, they've wrestled each other three or four times and. Only one's gotten a takedown, so it wasn't like it was going to be this yeah. outstanding, high-scoring match. Um, it was going to be a battle of just two monsters, you know, and, and who, whoever could break the one's will or make a make a mistake to score a point or score a takedown and win. So uh, I think they hyped it up and made it a show, um, which is good for our sport, but at the same time, I I, I really don't know what people expected. They've only had one takedown between them in their last four matches.
2: And that so, took 35 minutes or whatever.
3: <laughs> yeah, and that, was a, th- that wasn't that even real rules. You know, overtime never lasts that long. Um, it usually only lasts a couple of minutes, and they did an unlimited overtime just to see him wrestle for 30 minutes. And then yesterday was just a bunch of debacles put into one, which extended the match for 30 minutes, you know, which was another crazy thing. So Yeah, you know, I told –
2: I told uh, um, I told I was telling Kurt about it, and uh, he wanted me to tell you tell you hi. By the way, Kurt Fletcher, the guy that opened for me. me.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I'm so glad he invited you because he told he was like, you need to invite the coach, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that, and I totally forgot about doing it because I just I just had a baby. My wife did. We've got a newborn around here, so uh, my my brain is uh, I I forget things, but uh, I'm certainly Uh, glad that he that he did. I have a uh, wake-up-every-three-hours-to-change-the-baby-so-she-can-feed-him-brain. <laughs> I have three
3: kids. I feel you on that,
2: man. Yeah. What, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. I've got so many uh, questions for you. I was We were talking about the Dayton Fix match, and I wanted to say that I completely agree with you as far as they uh, had to make the call. You know, They made the call. That's the rule, whether we like it or not. My biggest pet peeve with refs is that I'm like, well, why don't you guys do that with stalling? in the last 10 seconds, or, you know, they, like, there's times where they just will not call stalling, you know, and I'm like, that's my biggest pet peeve, I'm like, that's a rule too, <laughs> you know?
3: Yeah, um, yeah it's, they, they, they forgot the definition of stalling, of traditional stalling, because they have, they've implemented all these other rules that, that have truly helped our sport in certain aspects, but... Mm-hmm just forgot about traditional stalling and then and then that you know depending on which color singlet you wear depends on how many stallings you're going to get and that's another part of it that, that needs to be assessed is that we shoot ourselves in the foot because there's, you know these reps are afraid to go tell john smith or Cale sanderson that hey he was stalling so i had to give up a point or they're in a certain arena so they're going to hand out so
2: many stallings, and that's what it turns into it, it, it it's almost political and it's stupid yeah, I was telling my brother when we went to NCAs, I was like, man, every time someone gets put on their back, they call a pin. And those refs are human beings, and I guarantee they love hearing the crowd go nuts when they slap that mat. <laughs>
3: yeah. I mean, how many times, like, it, it seems like, now,
0: don't get me wrong, a lot of those pins are earned, and I don't want to take it away from anything, Sure, but it, it goes back to the color of your singlet. If you got
2: someone on their back, and they just barely roll across, it's a pin. Yeah. now you... <laughs> Yeah, I, I see that a lot, too, and, uh, yeah, it, it drives me nuts. But it, it's, you know, part of what makes it a, a fan. Everything if, it, if everything was perfect, it wouldn't be uh – you know, and, and, and part of me wants wrestling to get huge because I want everyone to appreciate it and all that stuff. And the other part of me likes being able to pay 50 bucks and go down on the on the floor of the, at the U.S. Open and be watching a match right next to Tom Brands because <laughs> I love that part of it. So I'm like, eh, let's just get it a little bit bigger. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel you. But, you know, as far as uh, where you're at. Um, so uh, let's see, where are we at here? We got... Yeah, we got plenty of time. Um, what is your favorite John Smith story, if you have one? Oh man, I will have to say I have two favorite John Smith
3: stories, and there's a lot, but you know the, the, these two just kind of stick out in my head every time. Okay. Um, this was my red shirt freshman year, and we're wrestling Iowa at home, and the Brands brothers had just come back to Iowa um the, the previous coach had been let go and gable was traveling with them every year or everywhere again and was kind of like there in the beginning to help them and, and it was kind of more just like a power figure that iowa brought back to the,
0: uh, basically show that they're back right right
3: and for those who don't know who dan gable are or is he's um considered one of the greatest coaches ever he's won my goodness, uh, I, th- I think he won nine or ten straight national titles in a row, and I don't know the exact amount of number. But I think
2: he won 16 out of 21.
3: Yeah, yeah. He was, you know, during the during the Gable area, they were, they were really good. So we're at home. It's my true freshman year, and I'm redshirting, shirting And something happens. I don't even remember who was wrestling. But I remember that John walks over towards – the announcer's table, which is where all coaches go to question a call or just basically let the ref know how bad he sucks in that moment or whatever (laughs) it might be, right? And so the, the Brains brothers walk over, they walk back, and Gable walks over, and John's there yelling at the ref about something or talking to him. And you know how you have those moments where it's like you say something
0: but it's right when the entire crowd just gets completely silent, and you didn't know that that was going to happen. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so it it was that moment, right? Like he was like, Gable came over and said something. He goes, "Sit out, old man, or I'll freaking break your head." And it was like right when everybody got quiet, and the whole place just started dying laughing. <laughs> and I remember I was laughing so hard. As I was thinking, on mine I was like, he'll actually do it. This, this is pretty sweet. He's about to break Gable's head. <laughs> you know, I, I just kind of believed it. So that's story number one. John
1: and Gable. Number two is, you know, John used to get
0: pretty fired up in his speeches. Yeah.
3: And we were, at this point, so we went through a period where now we were bad for Oklahoma State. So, like, we weren't, like, we weren't running a national title. We, had some things happen. We, you know, John kicked off a bunch of guys off the team that were really good, but that needed to be gone, et cetera, et cetera. And we lost to Missouri. And at the time, Missouri was just on the rise. And, and, and you know, just not arrogantly, but we just always took the opinion that we shouldn't lose, but especially to, at the time, a team like Missouri who hadn't had a national champ yet. They were right. um, doing great things, but they shouldn't have beat us, right? And so he comes back, and he's just ripping us up and down, and he's talking about heart. Like, you got to have heart. He just kept saying it. And he was so worked up in the moment that he spells out heart, and he goes, you got to have heart. H-A-R-T. And, like, goes silent, and the whole team just dies laughing because he spelled heart wrong. And
1: he gets four pissed and starts yelling at us.
0: It is a pretty funny
3: moment. <laughs> Did, so those are uh, my two John Smith moments that really, really stand out. Yeah,
2: yeah. Did you guys have to do anything extra? Uh well well you know, there's just some things that, that you gotta leave between us. Okay. That's
3: one of those moments <laughs> that we're gonna just die with. So.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I remember going to a wrestling camp one time, I think Eric Aiken was that. Uh, and do you know Eric Aiken yeah he coached me uh, I was, he
3: moved back to Kansas my last two years of high school yeah I started working with him the last two years
2: we went to a camp once when, when I was a kid and uh, and somebody sunny fight or somebody somebody was shooting off bottle rockets and I remember the camp counselor being being like start doing push ups and he goes how many and he goes till I stay stop I bet he did a thousand <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can see that for sure uh, um, uh, what do you, what do you like, uh, what do you like most about, about coaching and what are you looking forward to most? Because you do have quite the challenge ahead of you, like as far as starting from scratch and all that. Um, I imagine I saw somewhere that you had already, you've got like 17 people on the team now. Is that right? Yeah. So,
3: um, I have six this semester coming in. Um, well, I have one here first semester. I have five more coming in. So I have six this semester. Um, after that, I got about 11 more commitments from either transfers or um, rising rising freshmen, so graduating seniors in high school. Um, so right now we're at about 17. We're trying to get to about 24. But uh, to get back to your question, what do I like about uh, about coaching or what um, you know really draws me to it? And, mm-hmm. You know, it's really fulfilling to do – or to – create and, 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 and make your own accomplishments, but um, it's also unbelievably fulfilling to see a kid go from A to B and, and and accomplish his goals, and you see the ups and downs and the trials, and you see things that he might not see, and, and, and you're trying to guide him through it, and, you know, one moment he's, he's crying on your shoulder, and the next moment he's, um, you guys are screaming at each other. And then the next moment, next thing you know, he's a national champion. He's got his arms and his legs wrapped around you saying, thank you, coach. You know, like, you just watch this progression from, from where they are to where they want to be. And you watch them become men. And you get to be a part of that process. And you get to, you know, feed into them. And it's just, it's fulfilling to help someone accomplish their goals and I think that's the most important thing for me is that I get to watch a young man just you know, truly really a boy coming in and, and mature and watch him become a man and you know I got from when I was coaching high school I think I got four or five kids that were there to wrestle in Division One, three that are currently on Oklahoma State's roster and you know just that those relationships that I, I might only see him once a year but man it, it's it's cool getting to see him for that 15 minutes every year I think that's what really draws me to, to coaching. And the other thing is that it's not a normal job. Like, I don't go in the office and sit every single day, and type up reports and do this and do that. Now, there's a lot of paperwork, but, you know, I'm traveling. I'm fighting other schools for recruits. So there's this competition to it. And then there's a competition to, to win in duels and win in tournaments. And um, so, it, you know, it keeps, me, it keeps me moving. I couldn't sit still and, and – and surviving this
2: world, that's for sure. So you're pretty, you're still pretty young. Do you still wrestle with them then?
3: Absolutely. I have one guy all from and I wrestle with him every day and um uh, kind of excited to get some more guys here so I'm not wrestling
2: every single day, but definitely wrestle a lot. Yeah. I you know, I I every now and again I'll uh I'll be in a situation and end up wrestling somebody and I forget how freaking hard it is. I mean gosh. <laughs> It's so, it's so hard. Like I wrestled my nephew, a nephew and a friend of his, a couple of years ago, and uh, this probably the last time I wrestled. And and they couldn't score on me, but I didn't score very much on them either. And I took a lot of breaks.
3: <laughs> yeah, you you gotta learn the old man tricks. You know, you can't start shooting all the time. Then you get too you know too tired. You get too many positions. You just gotta. Let them keep getting to your legs and scroll back and make them carry your
2: fat belly your <laughs> no. um, it's and I read that you uh you mentored 20 NCAA all Americans and had four individual champions who were the four champions um, it, you know most of
3: those or all of those were when I was a grad assistant Okay. Um, and it would have been oh Jordan Oliver um, let's see I think. You know, I, I caught the tail end of, of Dean Hile. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a couple more in that time. You know, we had a lot. Of, you know, I, I wrestled with Chris Perry every single day for forever, um, or, you know, at least when I was a grad assistant. And uh, that, that, I, I actually think there are more than four. You know, we had several during that time. I'm trying to, oh, Alex Daringer.
1: Yeah.
3: My first year out was Alex Deringer's first year. And he was one of the first kids that I got to work with all the time, so that was the fourth. But uh, you know, there was more in there. It's just, you know, those are the guys that I kind of had my hands on, or you know, me and Jordan were teammates, so it, it was a little different. It wasn't much as as, as much of coaching. We just kind of had a good relationship, and um, you know, tried to help him where I could. Yeah, he probably taught me more about wrestling, but I was there to. Help him through different situations.
2: So man, that guy's been awesome forever, and he just continues to get better. <laughs> Old Jordan Oliver. Yeah,
3: you talk about someone who's a freak. I mean, Jordan's Jordan's a freak. There's not many. There's very few people like him in the world.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, I, 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 I kind of, I kind of got that impression just, just by watching him, and I saw him live a couple times, like the U.S. Open and all that, and uh, yeah, I could tell that about him. Um, who would you say the toughest guy you wrestled in college was?
3: Man, I wrestle a lot of tough guys. I bet you did. I, I,
2: I You started. I'm sorry to interrupt you. You started all four years, right? And we're and and we're a three time qualifier, Big Twelve champion, um, two time Big Twelve finalist. Correct me if yeah. I'm wrong uh, on any of that. No, no, that's that's all correct. My fresh my
3: so I redshirted in then my then my my redshirt freshman year, my first year competing. Um, I was going back and forth for the spot, so. You know, I, I probably wrestled seventy percent of the year. I lost my spot to go to nationals about uh, about three, or four days before the Big 12s. Oh wow! And yeah, that's why I didn't qualify that year. But man, you know, I, I, I was me and Coleman were sitting down, and we there was some sort of Twitter debate, and it was you know how, who's wrestled the most national champions, and I think someone said that you know they wrestled six or seven, and I counted it up. I think I wrestled nine. Wow. Um, nine national champions in my career. Um, but to be honest, the one, and, and I don't want this to seem like a cop out, but it's the truth. Um, the toughest one I wrestled was, Jor- was Jordan Burroughs. You know, I wrestled him a few times.
2: I didn't know and, that. Wow. Yeah. So, it, you know,
3: I just remember the first match absolutely sucked. I, I, I actually still have a scar from it. Yeah. And I was just bound to determine not to get double-legged, and I kept sticking my head in there. And I got a nasty scar on my forehead from where he split me open. Um, trying to, you know, stop in his double leg. And, um, the matches got closer each time. I didn't actually beat him. But, you know, he was just one of those guys where it was like, you know, no matter what, I, you know it's going to be tough. But then you add his skill and his explosiveness and his relentlessness and, and his ability, and it made for one heck of a match.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, I'll have to say, hands down, he's probably the toughest. Well, yeah, I mean, anybody who doesn't know, Jordan Burroughs is a five-time world champion, two-time bronze medalist, um, eight-time world Olympic team member, and he's not done yet, so, um, no. <laughs> yeah, so he's, uh, man, that's cool. I didn't realize you you uh, got to wrestle him. Uh, that yeah, guy. I would say it's cool, you know? <laughs> yeah, and and you mentioned Coleman Scott, um, who you worked with at North Carolina for how many years? Four. Yep. Okay. And uh, I, you actually called him the night that I met you, and that was pretty cool for you to for you to do. Um, and he seems like a a uh, super nice guy. Uh, what's the most valuable thing that Coleman Scott taught you? Um. Well, you know
0: Coleman he's a super laid back guy. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, me and him are unbelievably close. We have been since college. We are teammates. Um, he brought me with him when he went to North Carolina and which is why I called him. Cause I was like, dude, that, that would be pretty cool,
2: you know, to meet Olympic bronze medalists. So yeah.
3: that's why I did that. Um, it wasn't
2: for me. I, I, I thought you would think it was cool. I, I did. Was, I loved it. It was man, awesome. So, um, I didn't have time to even get nervous about it. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, and I think the the one thing he taught me is is that you know we're so opposite of personalities. Like he's real laid back, and I'm like high, strong, like kind of in your face. And um, he just taught me how to relax in a lot of situations. Yeah, and, and how to be calm a little bit. And, um, everything's gonna be okay.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that kind of sounded like him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, that's 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 really cool uh, that you know all these people and that that you're able to uh, you know that I met you because I would like to uh, you know I'd like to talk to some of the people you know and 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 uh, the wrestling community is fairly small, um, so yeah, I would like to I would like to do I would like to do as many benefit shows from as many RTCs as possible um, and I, anything that you guys uh, need. By the way, I've got two years left. If you need a forty-three year old, uh, one hundred forty-nine pounder, I could probably make it. You're
0: in. Alright. We'll
2: <laughs> Sweet. We'll lock up that. Uh, lock up that. I'm gonna need a little bit of money, dude. I mean, I won state in nineteen ninety four. I think that's worth something. That's, bad. Yeah, that's perfect. We'll how, how did you know that? By the way, when you came to the, you came up to the show and you were like, you won state in nineteen ninety four. How did you know that?
3: okay when i was about eight and i don't know I, I i just i i knew you were a comedian and i had followed you a little bit and um i remember being in shiny mission west's room and possibly seeing your name so okay i went and looked it up and i was like that's right you know so i can't say that i was 100 percent for sure on it but after i looked it up i was like yeah that's him yeah um, and i just knew that, that that you were from Kansas. and he went to Shawnee Mission West, and um, so it was just kind of one of those, I, I just
2: happened to be from that area type thing. Yeah, well, you know, I, I really only, I'm not going to get into my high school career, but I really only wrestled my junior and senior year, and, you know, sometimes I wish I wish things would have been a little bit different, uh, you know, as far as things that happened, but, um, but everything that, that did happen led me to everything. I wouldn't be talking to you probably right now, you know, on this podcast had I gone a different direction, so I, I try to tell myself that about any time I lament or regret anything or wonder what could have been, you know, because it really doesn't matter <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> well, you're doing well, and, you know, you're, you're pretty dang funny. I Thanks,
3: man. pretty funny how that... That lady was trying to heckle you, and you were just like, "Shut up!" Like that is what everybody in the crowd wants to say, and I'm glad he said
2: it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You were at that show. Uh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, the last question I wanted to ask you was, uh, I I have a little boy, and he's only two, a little over two months old, so he's obviously not going to wrestle for a while, um, or even be. But I know that sport isn't for everyone. Uh, as much as I think it'll be in his blood and as much as I'm going to watch it and he'll be around it, I don't want him to ever feel like it's my idea or that he doesn't have a choice in the matter. Um, cause I suffered with burnout and all that stuff and, you know, worrying about whether my dad loved me if I lost and all that kind of crap. And I certainly don't want him to ever worry about that. Um, what would, what would you advise anybody who wants to get their kid into the sport without cramming it down their throat? Well, that's you know that's
3: that's pretty interesting because uh, I went through a lot of those same feelings. Uh, my six-year-old, I have a 6 and one year old My six-year-old has been begging me for about two and a half years to wrestle. Um, so I let him go to like one or two practices last year. He's been to two practices this year, and he finally talked me into letting him go to a tournament. Um, I didn't even go actually. Uh, I, I couldn't. I was gone. It was kind of a last minute thing.
0: Yeah. And
3: I was so worried because the last thing I want is for him to hate this sport. Um, but like you said, he's around it every day. He sees it, he knows it. You know, he goes out there and he wins three or four matches and takes second. And it was super awesome. But, you know, I've watched a lot of great wrestlers, um, like, for instance, Joe Smith, who's John's son. Mm-hmm. Um, I coached him when he was in Little League and I coached him in high school. Um, you know, I, I I think the the big thing that it's got to be is is that you're going to have to give them a little nudge here and there.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But it's got to be their choice. And, you know, they got to grow to love it because wrestling is not a sport that you can do long term
0: mm-hmm. if you don't
3: love it or like it a lot. Yeah. It's just too hard. It's It's a fight. So I think the best advice would just take them to a lot of duels, let them see you watching wrestling on the regular, and, you know, just be there to be like, man, this is about having fun, competing hard, not quitting, and just going out there and, and participating in a sport that can be so much fun. Yeah. But, you know, if you make it about the outcome, you're screwed because there's always going to be some parent who teaches their kid some stupid headlock and spikes your kid on the head. <laughs> and, now, and, and now all of a sudden the day's ruined. And if you're already pushing it, you know, and, and, and it's about winning and losing and it's about this and that, they're just going to push away from you because it's too hard. Yeah. If it's about having fun and, man, kind of got twerked there, son, it's going to be all right, though. You know it it, it it turns out to work out pretty well,
2: yeah, yeah, you know when i when i uh when i would i would like run or something and I would think about having a kid and and you know you you picture all kinds of things in your head, you know raising them, and I never really pictured him winning wrestling tournaments, I kind of pictured him losing a match and me telling him I loved him anyway. <laughs> You know, because that's the kind of crap, because I remember being 10 years old and and I had to wrestle some kid who had already won like three or four kid state championships. And I remember telling my dad, I was like, do you think you could just tell me you're proud of me even if I lose? And instead of being like, well, sure, I love you no matter what, he goes, what makes you think you're going to (laughs) lose? And I was like, I I remember thinking like, you just don't get it. I just want you to love me, (laughs) you know, um, not
3: yeah, fine by
2: winning and losing, Dad. Yeah, I mean, I'm 11. How come I know this and you don't? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's just the wrestling
3: culture, though, man. Too many parents have no idea what they're doing and they get in there and think they're going to make their kid an all-star. and Just,
2: it's crazy. Yeah, I try not to get into too many comment wars or anything like that, but every now and again, like last year, some guy put up this video and it was just his entire family yelling at this kid and you could tell the kid was good. And he had put all this stuff like, he's a two-time kid state champ and all this. He can take it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're burning out a very talented kid. Like, he's 12. Yeah. And you are making him hate this right now. You know, like, I knew some great kids wrestlers when I was younger. And by high school, they were done. They didn't even want to wrestle in high school.
3: Absolutely. I will say, behind every great wrestler is a crazy mom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> never get crazier than wrestle,
2: mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. How many more boys does uh, John Smith have coming up? Um, let's see
3: Two? Two
2: okay more boys? All right, I sure love
3: watching
2: I, I sure love watching uh joe Sm- Joe Smith wrestle uh, and uh and anybody who wrestles like Smith like I really like watching Cade Brock wrestle he's kind of struggling this year a little bit, but that kid has some skills. I wish Gavin Teasdale would have gone to uh, Oklahoma State. I was like, that kid wrestles just like John Smith. <laughs> well, you know, he
3: grew up in the same town as Coleman, so he idolized Oklahoma State his whole life. Yeah. And I, I, I think some of us kind of thought that that was going to be a real option, but turned out not to be. Yeah.
2: So, well, uh, is there anything that you uh, would like to add, or where, where can people follow you, or? Uh,
3: well, you, you know, you can follow me on uh, on Twitter. I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, um, mainly because that's kind of what you have to do now. Yeah. You can follow me at uh, on Twitter at Coach Erzman, E-R-I-S-M-A-N. And then you can follow our team at uh, Little Rock Rest, W-R-E-S. And, um, you know, just, just keep up with, with our brand-new program and see w-
2: what direction we're going and how we're doing and uh and it's sorry go ahead ahead. i I was just going to tell everybody it was the university of arkansas at little rock yes sir
3: that's right university of arkansas little rock i should have added that i just want to say thanks for for inviting me to your show and um having john and i out you know being so cool about it you know most of the time you, you don't get to just go to these things and and People like
2: you are, are, are cool about it. So I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, man, absolutely. It was uh, an honor, honor and a pleasure to meet you. In. And, and uh, Kurt and I are definitely going to come to a duel the first chance we get. And, uh, and yeah, I look forward to, uh, to following you guys and uh, seeing how this goes. It's going to be great for you. have a feeling. Awesome.
0: Well, I really appreciate you.
2: You bet, buddy. Well, uh, I'll explain everybody at the beginning of this podcast. Uh, um, who you are and what this is about and, uh, and, and all that kind of stuff. And I will, uh, let you know when it's going to be up and you can, uh, you can pimp it out for us.
3: Awesome. Definitely will.
2: All right, man. I appreciate you coach. Thanks a lot. All right. See ya. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. That was coach Neil Erisman with the, uh, university of Arkansas at little rock. The first division coach, division one coach in its history. It's very exciting for me as a wrestling fan. Uh, I know a lot of you guys that listen to this are uh, comedy fans. I hope you got something out of that. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, I love having people on that, uh, that, that love wrestling, and that guy definitely does. So thanks a lot for listening, everybody. As always, go to Making It Happen, uh, to help out little Bo making. Um and timgaithercomedy.com and follow, follow all my social media links. And thanks for listening, and it's good to be back. So God bless all of you. Take care. Bye.